morning everyone welcome to 2021 i hope that you all had a wonderful christmas and that the year ahead will be everything that you want it to be it seems everyone must have enjoyed my new year's jokes so much last year that uh, i find myself leading the first service of this year as well what's not a joke is that the pandemic seems to be having a resurgence and so you get to listen to my dulcet tones without having to look at my exceedingly handsome face to get everyone in the right mood, let's start off with a hymn. Uh, I'm giving Ange a slow start to the year, so I found some friendly YouTubers who are going to help us sing Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, shall we all bow our heads in prayer? Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your great love and blessing over our lives. Thank you that your favor has no end. 
but that it lasts for our entire lifetime. Forgive us for sometimes forgetting that you are intimately acquainted with all of our ways, that you know what concerns us, and you cover us as with a shield. We ask that we would walk in your blessing and goodness today, that your face would shine on us, along with all the other righteous children of God in our country. We ask that you would open the right doors for our lives and for our loved ones, and that you would close the wrong doors and protect us from those we need to walk away from. Establish the work of our hands and bring to fulfillment all that you have given us to do in these days. Lord, we pray that you would make our way purposeful and our footsteps firm out of your goodness and your love. Give us a heart of wisdom to hear your voice, especially today as we receive your message from Gerald, and make us strong by your huge favor and grace. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Now, as you all know, I love a theme for when I'm leading, and this year will be no different. 2020 was by all accounts a pretty difficult year for most of us, and it left a lot of us, a lot of people questioning if God was listening to all the heartfelt prayers that were emanating from every corner of the globe. Honestly, at times I felt like that too. But luckily, I have a very loving wife who, whenever I'm filled with doubt, threatens me with a big rolling pin and tells me to go back to the Word, to find comfort. And the verse that often pops up when looking at that is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm, plans to give you hope and for a future. Now, what that verse continues to tell me every time I look at it, um, some of the following. The first thing it tells me is that God has a plan, even when we don't know where to go. If in times of doubt we are, allow ourselves to be still and quiet so that we can sense God's presence more than ever, He will calm our thoughts, our anxious thoughts, and give us the direction we seek. He says in Isaiah 30, 21, uh, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. And so obviously God is trying to direct us, even if we think that uh, we don't know where to go. The next thing it tells us is that if we release control, it allows us to access a much deeper place of trust. God blesses us and does miraculous things daily to remind us of how much he loves us and what he's capable of. The verse also says to me that what matters to us matters even more to God. He, his care for us, it, it defies our imagination, it defies limitations. I mean, he sent his son to earth to experience all of our joys and sorrows, our happy moments, our heartaches. He understands the depth of our love because he loves us even more than we can imagine. In Matthew 7:11, he says, So if you sinful people know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? I think we should be encouraged by that, by this promise. And as we 
pray and cry out to God with our cares and worries, we know that He watches over every detail of our lives because what is important to us is also important to Him. The next thing that I think that Jeremiah 29.11 says is that God's promises endure even in the most difficult of times. I mean, we all have hardships that come to us, and when it does, it's easy for us all to slip back into that familiar pattern of what if, you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if God doesn't answer my prayer? Our need to know that final outcome, it just takes over. We come face to face with the unknown and panic sets in. We've all done it. And in that situation, go back to Jeremiah 29, 11, And remember that God doesn't make promises he won't keep. And the final thing that that verse just says to me is, God is always with us. We will always have struggles. And we may have to endure them for a while. And so... If we are in that situation and we're feeling stuck, we can go back again to the Word and look and see in Deuteronomy. We see Deuteronomy 31.6 says, God will never leave us or forsake us. And we have to trust that. He's always there, even if we don't see a way out of the moment. So, yeah, I find Jeremiah 29.11 very useful. And I know Tammy and I, we quoted a lot to each other because it's something that really rings true in our heart. And um, I think that's why this next hymn, which I chose, also I think it strikes a chord with Tammy especially, is because it tells us to, to follow what the Word says to stop us from being anxious in it. And the, the next hymn is called Teach me thy way, O Lord. Uh, hope you all enjoy it. It's also by one of the YouTubers. Um, so please enjoy. Oh, yeah. 
hope you enjoyed that. I think the words in that hymn are amazing and something we should all think about. Ordinarily, I would ask Mike to bring us the notices at this point, but um, he seems to be having a lion today. So I've had a look at the birthday list and the anniversary list. I can't see anyone with birthdays or anniversaries. Uh, if there is someone, let us know on the WhatsApp group and we will certainly send you all of our congratulations. The one notice I think of, um, that we should say, uh, everyone knows, is but uh, we lost a, a friend of the church in uh, Jinj uh, in the last couple of days, and I think it's affected a lot of people significantly. And uh, Ange wanted to do something special for Jinj, and so she's recorded... Um, him, it's called Peace Like a River, and uh, we're going to play that now. Uh, it will be missed by everyone. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when so Gerald, I just wanted to tell you a short little story. You know, I can't not have any jokes uh, in the first one of the of the year, despite the fact that we're all going back into lockdown. I think humor is one way that we can stay afloat. 
And uh, seeing as we've just had New Year's Eve, I thought I'd tell you about a guy. He had a bit of too much to drink at a New Year's Eve party and he decided to walk home uh, rather than drive. Along the way, he's passing through a bit of a dodgy area and a policeman stopped him and said, where are you going? The man looked at him and said, I'm on my way to a lecture. The cop looked at him with a bit of doubt in his eyes and said, who gives lectures on New Year's Eve? And the man answered, my wife. <laughs> I, uh, I hope uh, Gerald's not going to lecture us too much, but we will enjoy his message, no doubt. Uh, thank you, Gerald, for recording it, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. Greetings, Church. I wish you a prosperous 2021. We are continuing with the Apostles' Creed, which is the basis of our faith. And uh, in 2020, we looked at God the Father. 2021, we are looking at His Son, Jesus Christ. Our scripture is John 1, reading from verse 1 to verse 3. I'm reading the Good News Version. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the very beginning, the Word was with God. Through Him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without Him. Now I'm going to look at um, our Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to look at some of the names that He is given, some of the names that we see in the Bible. I will start with um, Alpha and Omega. This can be found in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation was also written by <clears throat> the Apostle John when he was on the island of Patmos, when he saw the Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, verse 6 to 7, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Revelation chapter 1, verse 16 to 18 he says, I am the beginning and I am the end. I was once dead, but I'm now living. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. The word alphabet actually starts with the word alpha. And then bet is the other word. So, Jesus is the beginning. But when we read John chapter 1, John is saying to us, in the beginning, the word already existed. He is telling us that our Lord Jesus existed before existence came. Our Lord Jesus was there before time. Our Lord Jesus was there before the beginning. So when we are saying our Lord is the Alpha, we are not trying to say something that is not there. That's who he is. The second word I'll look at is Omega. Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. And in Revelation 21, 6 to 7, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Revelation 1, verse 17 to 18, I am the beginning and the end. Our Lord Jesus is saying, from the beginning and what is between and at the end, I am ye. And that is who our Lord Jesus is. He is the beginning, he is the end. So whatever happens to you in life, whatever you go through, know that before the beginning, our Lord Jesus was there. What you are going through, he is with you. <clears throat> he will see you through to the end. The second word I'm going to look at is the word Lord. 
John tells us that in verse uh, 2, that from the very beginning the word was with God. Verse 3 of chapter 1, through him God made all things, not one thing in all creation was made without him. So our Lord Jesus was there when everything was made. He was there before the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are saying, let us make men. They are deciding to make us human beings. So our Jesus has already been there. If he created everything and everything was created for him, it means he is the ruler and he is the authority over everything. If he created everything, it means he owns everything and everything belongs to him. Now, a person who has power and authority over another is called a lord. A person who has authority over things or over territories is a lord. So when we say our Lord Jesus, we are saying the ruler and possessor of everything. The word that is used in Hebrew is Adonai, which means the ruler and possessor of everything. So Lord means master. And so when we're talking about our Lord Jesus, he is our master Jesus. He is the one who is in charge and in control of our lives. So my Lord is not a title. It is who he is. He is Lord. When we sing he is Lord, we are not saying something that is trying to please him. We are actually just telling him what he is. He is Lord. And the other word I'm going to look at today is the word Messiah. Now, Messiah in Hebrew means the chosen one, the one chosen by God. And in Greek, the word Messiah is Christos, which means the one chosen by God. And Christos is where we get the word Christ from. So Christ is not Jesus' surname. Christ is not his second name. Christ is saying the one who is chosen by God, the one whom God has chosen. Now, how God chooses, he doesn't choose as we do like men. God chooses by anointing. When we look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see Samuel being instructed by God to go and anoint David as king. God says to Samuel, take your flask of oil, go to the house of Jesse, for I have chosen one of his sons to be the king over Israel. So in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel goes to the house of Jesse. Jesse's sons pass through. David is the last one to come. And when Samuel anoints David with the oil, 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13 tells us that the spirit of the Lord came upon David with power. So the one who is anointed with God is chosen by God, but the Spirit of God comes upon that person. So that is the Messiah. So in Hebrew culture, they knew that the Messiah is the one who is anointed by God's Spirit. And how do we know that he is anointed by God's Spirit? The Spirit of God will come upon them when they are anointed. Fast forward this to the time John the Baptist is baptizing people in the river Jordan. And 
when John, when our Lord Jesus comes for baptism, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, that the Spirit of the Lord descended upon Jesus like a dove. The Spirit of the Lord descended upon Jesus like a dove. Now, these people knew in their culture and history that them, one who is called the Messiah, will have the Spirit of the Lord upon them. It will descend upon them. They are anointed with the Holy Spirit. So when they saw the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus at, on the river Jordan, they knew that this is the Messiah. They knew it right away. But God did not only leave it to that. He actually confirms with his word at the baptism. He says, this is my son. With him I am well pleased. So our Lord Jesus is anointed by God. He is chosen by God. And God has confirmed with his word. The Bible is a confirmation that Jesus is anointed by God. The Gospels tell us that Jesus is anointed by God. The epistles tell us that Jesus is anointed by God. The Old Testament points to our Lord Jesus. So from Genesis to Revelation, it is God confirming that Jesus is the anointed one. That is why our Lord Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only way to salvation. Now, because he has been anointed by God, what has he been anointed to do? He has been anointed to teach us the kingdom of God, to teach us the kingdom of heaven, which is what he does in the Gospels. A teacher in Hebrew is called a rabbi, and a rabbi is someone who had 10 men who followed them, at least 10 men, and our Lord did more than that, multitudes and disciples that followed him. So Jesus is chosen to be the manifestation of God. He is the example of God. He is the teaching of God. He is God showing himself to us. That's who Jesus is. He was the lamb of God. He is God's sacrifice for our sin. So when Jesus says, I and the Father are one, he is actually saying to us that <clears throat> he is with the Father. And when he says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father, he is showing that he is the demonstration of the Father. So God then offers us salvation through Jesus Christ. He is chosen as the Lamb of God, as the offering of God for our salvation. This confuses a lot of people that why would the one who is Lord over everything, who is in charge of everything, offer his life for, our, for us, this is the great love that God has shown us. This is the great love. God demonstrates his love in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ is the redeemer. He is the one who has redeemed us back to God. He has put us back to God. So it, it is amazing that the one that we have offended, God whom we have sinned against, is giving us the means of forgiveness through his son Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the only salvation. There is no other salvation other than through Jesus the Christ. He is the one chosen. No one else is chosen 
chosen, no one else is anointed to save except Jesus Christ. So you need Jesus Christ in your life. Not only is he the Savior, he is the resurrected Savior. He is the one who was chosen by God to face death and he defeated death. He brought shame to death. He made death powerless. And it was not for his own glory. It was not for his own doing. He resurrected so that we have eternal life, so that we may resurrect from the dead. So he is the resurrected Messiah. This is who Jesus is. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the Lord. He is the Messiah. He is the example, the Rabbi. All this is who our Lord Jesus is. Amazing Savior, amazing Savior. And lastly, in conclusion, I want you to know that He's coming back. Our Lord Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. And so we await a Savior who is coming from heaven to take us home. But he's not coming back as a Savior. He's coming back as a judge. I will conclude with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, for all of us must appear before Christ to be judged by him. We will each receive that which we deserve according to everything we have done good or bad in our bodily life. The Apostle Paul is telling us that our Lord Jesus, we are going to be judged on what we have done with what he gave us, what we have done with what he has put in us. Friends, I hope you've been encouraged this morning. Our Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One, he is the Alpha. He was there before the beginning. He was there before time started. He is the Omega. He is there at the end. He is the Lord, the possessor of everything. He made everything. Everything belongs to him. So when you're asking from him, you're asking from someone who owns and possesses everything. He is the Messiah, the one whom God has anointed to save us and to bring salvation to us. He is the rabbi. He's teaching us. He's showing us. He is the good shepherd who has laid down his life so that we may be saved, so that we may have salvation. He is coming back. He is coming back as the judge. He is coming back. He is our Lord Jesus, whom God has anointed. Have a great week. Have a blessed time in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for the message, Joe, and thank you to all of you for listening. Um, it looks like with the lockdown for the next 30 days, we are going to be doing our virtual services uh, for the foreseeable future. So all of the people who are doing leading for the next few weeks, um, you feel free to contact me, send me your recorded messages. Um, and I'll put them all together and post them every Sunday. Thank you, everyone, and have a good week.